Welcome back to Beyond the Model Asian. My name is Andrew, and I'm here with my co-host Ella. And today, we have a very, very special guest, Jesse Gee. How are you doing today, Jesse? Good. Thanks, guys, for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Of course, we are just as excited, too. So, before we begin, could you introduce yourself and what you exactly do? Yeah, my name's Jesse. Uh, I'm a filmmaker here out in L.A. I write and direct and sometimes produce short films and going into feature films. So, yeah, just make movies. All right. So, with that said, let's get started. So, first of all, could you talk about like your creative process as you said you were a filmmaker and how you exactly approach telling stories that resonate with your audience? Um, mainly, my approach is I want to make stories that I want to see, that mm-hmm. I'm missing from, or things that I love. So mm-hmm. usually I draw on either a concept or an idea that I want to see, and then I tie it in with any personal experiences I've had in my life that I could, that might match up or that might be useful for any you know, specific genre or uh, type of scene. Yeah. That's cool. And so you mentioned that you write all of your films, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you direct them. So um, do you share any of your ideas to any close people that yeah. you are tied sure. with? Of course. Like, like every time, you know, I'm sure when you guys came up with this podcast, you were like telling the other, like, ooh, like I have this great idea. I want to make this show. I want to make... Mm-hmm. Um, something so usually when I you know start with an idea I'll kind of like I'll think about it I'm like is this good is this like anything interesting and then I'll hit up you know I'll, I'll reach out to my closest friends or family members and be like hey like I have an idea I'm gonna tell you the story whether you like it or not I'm just gonna tell it to you and then I'll, I'll share it and then see how they react if they you know they're like there's no reaction they're just like eh sounds all right i'm like maybe that's not it there's nothing there or maybe if they react like whoa that might be interesting then you kind of get some a little bit more motivation and kind of a little bit more energy to pursue that one so yeah i definitely share with my friends uh first and then kind of build that confidence to make it more so oh we also wanted to ask like where exactly you get the ideas for each and every one of your films Mm Hmm. man uh i guess for example like so, so far, I've gotten to make three shorts outside of when I finished film school wow. at USC. Um, the first one, it's called Beam. Uh, that one I came up with, I just wanted to make an action movie. Something fun, <laughs> something cool. Um, I love, like, science fiction stuff that's grounded in reality. So I was like, okay, well, what if, like, we did teleportation? Like, that sounds cool. And then I thought about, ooh, what about to make it more grounded like what if we tied it in why is a person teleporting why is that hero teleporting so mm-hmm. it's like maybe she she needs to provide for her family so usually that's how it comes about like i'll think of a cool scenario like ooh, teleportation why because she needs money because she has to provide for her sister kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah and then for for ne which is a whole different kind of thing where it's a comedy and it's about like about this Korean guy who can't speak Korean, so he goes on a date with a person who thinks that this guy speaks Korean. So that's all taken from like real life examples. Right. Like 
Um, I know, mm-hmm. like, Andrew, you're Korean, right? Yes. Um, and Ella, I, I believe you're Filipino. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know if you guys speak your, you know, cultural languages, but I don't. So I am <laughs> always embarrassed. I have a hard time talking to my relatives or, or, you know, even going to a Korean restaurant. I'm, like, struggling to order. So mm-hmm. I took those really awkward, embarrassing moments and tried to see if I could put that in a story that hopefully other people could relate to. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, usually that's how it unfolds. <laughs> it's funny yeah, how you well. mentioned that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we uh, do have a similar experience. Like, we're much younger than you, so we were very mm-hmm. uh, raised with American ideals. So yeah. in that way, we kind of, like, uh, when we were younger, we were embarrassed to, like, be associated with our native mm-hmm. culture. But then now it's kind of like, oh my god, why didn't we become more educated in that sense? So the film really did resonate with us. But before we Mm -hmm. get into, like, the actual films, because we want to ask questions for each one. Oh, yeah. um, Yeah, so we found that you actually attended USC. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Correct. And it was kind of a giveaway because of the short film that we watched called The Final Destination. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and for those of you who aren't fil- familiar with The Final Destination, it's a short film that uh, Jesse Gee cr- created featuring a diligent protagonist who aims to be a successful pizza delivery man. So, how would you say your experience at USC shaped your current career and passions? Uh, it definitely, specifically for film, I needed it. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, I know, I get a lot of questions from students they're looking to go to college and they want to pursue film. They're very like, should I do it? Do I need it? Uh, for someone like me, I desperately need a film school because it definitely, for me, I didn't know anything about film. So <laughs> it definitely taught me the basics, like from the very start, like how to, how to use a camera, how to use a light, how to talk to actors, how to direct, all that I needed it because I knew nothing. I have no connections. I have no other family or friends inside the entertainment industry. So I really, really needed that experience. So that part mm-hmm. I really valued. I really got to, um, honestly, film school, for those who are looking to go, it's really a good, safe place to just make you know weird stuff, to mess up, to make mistakes without the pressure of spending, you know, real life resources outside of school because when you're in college you get to have a set team a, a set crew uh, all these other people that mm-hmm. have to be with you because it's class it's you need to to get a grade so mm-hmm. at school you have a, all these resources and people around you to help you uh, experiment and try things out so i really think film school is great i really encourage it I know there's a lot of haters who don't like film school. I think it's a waste of time. But for those who are kind of like debating, I really think if you're, if you just open up your mind to it and just kind of understand that it's a place to learn, then then it's great. But if you're already like, I got the connections, I got the friends, uh, I already know all this stuff, then maybe like, yeah, it's fine. You don't need it. You don't need to go there if you already have all that. Yeah. So. With that said, I think that we should start moving into some of the films that you've actually made up to this date. So let's start off with Ne. So just to mm-hmm. give a short description, Ne is a short film featured on HBO in which it revolves around a Korean-American that pretended to speak his native language so as to press a date. As noted, you can see this film on HBO. 
But with that said, we're going to ask a few questions in regards to this film. So starting off, in your opinion, Jesse, what are some of the biggest challenges that Asian Americans face when it comes to preserving their cultural heritage and language? Um, the biggest challenge I would say is just when, well, especially when I was growing up, uh, a being Asian wasn't very shown or presented in media. So you don't get mm -hmm. to see examples of yourself or your life or your family. So it's hard to feel, you know, encouraged to pers to keep that up. Uh, so I think I, it's been changing. You know, you see more Asian representation, so it's getting better. So right now it's, I think, yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know how it is for you guys because you guys are younger and I think schools are different now. But um, mm -hmm. if there's a... a like you know hopefully fighting off the pressure to to hide your your cultural identity and just like kind of just owning it and being okay with it and learning to to just embrace it um and just being able to be be okay with looking different or speaking different and now i think i hope it's more accepting so i i, I hope you know for you know people who are like who were like me who like I didn't want to speak Korean I didn't want to bring Korean food to school or anything like that you just kind of hopefully it's easier now that it's not as weird it's not as um, just discriminated against but yeah that's interesting um, your short film actually uh, both features English and Korean languages so mm -hmm. can you tell us the significance of using both languages in your film and how it contributes to the message that you were just talking about. Um, I w yeah, it's like I wanted to do this thing where I wanted to show how um, our main character who doesn't really know Korean, though he is Korean, I wanted to show just like even he doesn't understand what's happening. Like for an I was mm -hmm. hoping, you know, if a majority audience that doesn't know Korean is watching, I want us to be in the same kind of like like kind of almost like we're watching from afar we're like okay this is what we're, what's happening around this guy um and we can see that this guy clearly needs he even he's like trying to figure out what everyone's talking about <laughs> at the same time while we're well if we're not a korean speaking audience we're like oh we get we understand his context all the background stuff because we get to see the subtitles but he doesn't he has no clue what's being said um so i kind of use that the, the 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 Korean language as like uh, he's a fish out of water but to inf also inform the audience of how distant he is from you know the Korean people around him um, mm -hmm. and yeah and just like uh, when he speaks Korean I specifically wanted him to like our actor he was pretty fluent in Korean but I, I had to like, he understood that he had to speak at a much lower level um, mm -hmm. and just kind of he has he has a struggle like pronouncing some words and sounds and doesn't have the right pronunciation for things so uh, we re we were really focusing on those things like just make sure you just sound bad at this <laughs> make sure you're not good at this you know so yeah before you move forward Andrew I was just wondering did the actor actually know how to speak Korean he did yeah he actually oh. speaks Korean pretty well so it's like he he had trouble trying to like be bad at it like, <laughs> trying to uh, you know just like just like mm. make it sound much more americanized and have not as uh, a good pronunciation 
Um, so it was kind of a fun little trick or kind of like um, just mental gymnastic he had to do. Right, I see. No, I was just going to say that um, like when I was younger, I like could totally relate to the film because the only word I knew how to say was ne, right? <laughs> right. That's all yeah. I knew how to say. And obviously Same. that's a little bit different now, right? But yeah. it was crazy because I was like, wow, I never thought that an experience that I held so close to would be shown on film one day. So I was like, mm. I was very happy. And my family was as well <laughs> when we were watching, <laughs> uh, we were watching, you know, the struggle with yeah. speaking Korean. So seriously, well done. And thank you. Of course. So uh, with that said, we're going to, uh, I just want to ask one more question. Sure. Um, how did you ensure that your film accurately represented the Korean-American experience? And what kind of feedback did you receive from the audience? Um, I think the accurate you know, representation was just, it's me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Korean-American, and this is my story, and this is how I want to tell it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't trying to please a group or please a person other than me. It was very like, this is the experience I have, and this is how I feel. So I'm going to show it and, you know, I, I, I just, I wasn't intending, like, I hope all these people connect. I hope all these people relate. It was just more like, I want to do this because it sounds funny. It sounds, mm. sounds silly and, like, it'd be fun to show what I go through. And um, mm. so I thought, you know, <laughs> I am Korean American, so that seems pretty accurate. And then um, terms of just like how people received it it's been very like it's been super rewarding and mm-hmm. and gratifying hearing all these people um, like you guys reaching out and saying like you guys watched it and just connected <laughs> with it and thought it was funny I'm like oh my gosh you think my life's funny one silly you know a story and a you know just miss all these misadventures I'm like I can't believe people really you know enjoyed it and connected with it so it's it's very surprising i didn't expect you know so many people to to connect with it because it was just made for me it was just mm-hmm. my story but yeah i'm glad so many people do feel that and do know what that feels like um so yeah it's been really awesome yeah and it's actually uh successful because it got featured on hbo um yeah, yeah. so how was the process of it going through to hbo um, that process was pretty uh, easy because I don't know if they're doing it this year, but the previous five or six years, HBO had this program uh, for short filmmakers for Asian American wow. uh, and Pacific Islander Islander filmmakers, where you submit a mm. short film for free, has to be like within a certain time constraint, whatnot, and they just pick like three films every year, um, and then mine got picked uh, in twenty twenty one, and I wasn't really I wasn't like I didn't make the film to apply for it. I just made it just for fun mm-hmm. with my friends. I'm like, I'm bored. COVID's happening. We can't do anything. So let's just make something quick and short. Mm-hmm. So we made it just for fun. I was going to just throw it up on YouTube or something. But then somebody uh, sent me a link to, to send it to HBO for this competition. So I'm like, okay, why not? It's free. I'm down. So I sent it. And then a couple months passed, and then I got an email saying that I got in. I was like, I thought it was a prank at first. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> I thought it was some kind of scam. So I was like, ah, this might not be real. But as I kept, you know, I, I, 
I kept talking to the people involved. And I'm like, oh, this might be real. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then eventually, eventually, they finally said, hey, we're going to premiere it. We're going to screen it. We're going to do a whole, you know, a thing, festivals and all that around it. So it's been wow. really fun, so really cool. amazing, super lucky. Can't believe it still. And yeah, really, really blessed to have that opportunity. So I'm, and that's how you guys got to watch it, you know, yeah. through that platform. Yeah. I don't know that if I would have been film. able to reach out. You know, if I just put it on YouTube, mm-hmm. I don't know if that many people would have seen it. But thankfully, through HBO, people got to see it. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it was such a pleasure to be able to watch it on HBO. So, seriously, it was an amazing film. I could see why that they picked it in the end. So, <laughs> I will never Thank stop praising you. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy just seeing it on HBO. Yeah, mm-hmm, of course. All right, so um, I think that let's uh, it's time to move on to your other films. Sure. So uh, I'm going to explain Beam first. So Beam is a sci-fi short film that revolves around a teleporting thief who is persistent with a heartfelt motive and can be watched on dust. And also we want to talk about The Show, which is a short film that features a high school student trying his best to get on his school's baseball team and doing whatever it takes to do so, which can be seen on Vimeo. And so, uh, with that said, as you progress throughout your successful filming journey, we noticed that you actually balance the genres you worked with. Uh, Ne and The Final Destination have very humorous tints to it, while your your sci-fi film Beam and the psychological film The Show took more serious approaches. So what exactly inspired you to navigate through different movie genres? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting because all my films have been very different from each other. Mm-hmm. And that's mainly just because I love a lot of movies. I love so many different kinds of movies. But usually it's it, it's kind of goes, it's almost like a pattern. Like I started with my pizza delivery. That was at USC. I That was a comedy. So people knew me as like a, the silly pizza guy at school, right? And then... <laughs> After I graduated, I was like, I want to be serious. I want to do something cool and dramatic and grounded. So I did Beam, and it was very kind of like a very serious, dramatic tone. After I did that, I'm like, I want to be funny again. I want to have some light humor and, and, and you know, make people laugh. So then I did Nah. And I think after I did Nah, I was like, I'm going to go back to being dramatic and dark and heavy. <laughs> so then I did the show. So I think it's just... It literally, it, I think it just depends on my mood for that mm-hmm. particular stretch of time. I'm just like, it seems to flip-flop back and forth. So I'm guessing now that I did the dark, dramatic thing, I probably have to go back to comedy for the next one. So, yeah, that's usually just based on my mood, how I feel. Um, yeah, right now I feel like I'm in a more comedic uh, zone right now. So the next one I'm working on is comedic. But, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting to see um, your thought process because when we watched all the films, they were very different from each other. We thought yeah. that each would have a theme, but I think like that in itself would is like very impactful because you don't have just one story to tell. You're showing different elements of your identity through different films, so that is really amazing. Yeah, I, I'm um, so you know happy that you guys got to uh, recognize <laughs> that because when people see it, they're like, "Is this the same person?" <laughs> like the the same filmmaker write and direct mm-hmm. this 
Um, but yeah, I, it's very much, each film is a part of me. Um, I think with all filmmakers and artists, whether you're a musician or painter, everything you do, is, there's a part of you you have to put it in, put, put yourself into the art. So yeah, like definitely, you know, Beam, I like, when I started off, I was like putting um, kind of my relationship with like family into it. And with Ned, it was just my personal relationship with culture. And with the show, it was just like, I don't really know what the show I was putting myself into because it's kind of scary and dark, but it was just, <laughs> I think that was more about like my relationship with like ambition, right? Uh, like, I see. It's about a kid who wants something so bad, but how, how desperate does he get and what is he willing to do? Right. Um, not mm-hmm. that I would do what the kid did, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's kind of different aspects of just who I am. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is for the viewers to check out what happens in those films, but it's really interesting. So you guys should check that out and we'll also link it um, and promote it as much as you can. But we want to touch um, on Beam and the show. It was interesting how you included elements of familial relationships in both Beam and the show. The show, I believe, featured the mother or a figure that embodied a mother encouraging the protagonist in regards to his love for baseball in the beginning of that short film and the female protagonist in beam was heavily influenced to support her mother and sister so how does including these familial elements bring power in your films yeah that's a great question um i think with um beam it's it was about like having um a strong motivating factor of why a person would mm-hmm. uh, like commit crime or commit these um, illegal acts. And I think the only thing, you know, I think that's really that strong to justify it is they love family. It's all right. for family that they would risk their life and, and, and try to, you know, escape all these dangerous situations and that only for family. So that was the motivating factor. And for, the show it was a bit different where it's I wanted to show a different relationship with parents where specifically like athlete parents or yeah. or parents who are like of like entertainment, you know, like actors kids cuz you know, those type of parents I think they push their kids you know very harshly and very um, put a lot of pressure on the kids. And I want to show like what happens when a parent goes too far with their pressure with uh on their kid like if they want them to be something so desperately that how does that affect a a kid's psyche and their psychological well-being and you know the person that you love most and trust so yeah wow i mean yeah because i noticed that especially in uh, like the show it was Mm -hmm. like although it was still family it was like a different type of support than it kind of was in theme because right right like you said like with having like you know an athlete's parents the support is a little bit different right compared to other aspects of family so it was really interesting because i i also noticed that a little bit of a contrast so those little things i think is what makes your short films really really inspiring to many people Mm. out there so yeah and yeah so finally we just wanted to ask you what can we expect from you in the future and if there's any upcoming projects or films that you're Mm -hmm. currently working on that you can maybe tell us about yeah um right now i'm working to make a feature film so i got to make i got to make my short films and i was like all right i got that out of my system i think i learned a lot i 
grew a lot of skills. Um, so now I'm ready to make a full-length feature film. Wow. So I've uh, finished up two scripts with my writing partner. Um, one is about a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, but that's oh. more. They're both kind of comedies. Uh, one is uh, the Thanksgiving dinner. One is kind of like a thriller comedy, similar like Ne, where you feel anxious, you feel pressure, you feel um, the suspense. Um, but the one we're making right now we're working on is uh it's a horror film <laughs> with oh, wow. romance and comedy so it's got wow. very dark dark humor very weird scary moments but it's also very romantic um, i can't say too much because it's it's a very much a film about surprises and twists so hopefully when we okay. start shooting later uh, in this you know near we're planning to shoot sometime this summer. Um, you know, I can share more with everyone around me. And but yeah, it's definitely different. It's horror. It's romance. It's comedy. Um, yeah, I'm excited to make it. Excited to sh uh, show with everyone. So, yeah. Wow, that makes us excited too. <laughs> so curious how you're gonna mix these genres together. Yeah, yeah, it's very different. It's almost like all of my short films fused into one. Yeah. You know, tonally. So exciting. Cannot wait to see that. Um, Me too. We'll look forward to it. We really will we'll look forward to it. We'll keep track of it. For sure. Alright, so with that said, we thank you so much, Jesse, for coming onto the podcast today to talk about your journey and the amazing films that came out of it. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you for so much for having me. It was so great talking to you guys. So great thank talking you. to you, too. Alright, so we hope that our listeners will be able to learn with us today. And so until next time, as we go more into depth about what really goes beyond the model Asian.